like fucking Steven Spielberg shows up and slaps a <laughs> fucking a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That happened in the camera person. Great movie. Hi, my name is Ricardo Deacon. Hi, my name is Orla McNeilis. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This is The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie the other person hasn't seen. Then we Skype each other to discuss the film. So this week's film was chosen by Orla. It is Dick Johnson is Dead from 2020. Just the idea that I might ever lose this man is too much to bear. He's my dad. Let's start walking, just start walking to me. That's fantastic. I suggested we make a movie about him dying. (laughs) He said yes. She kills me multiple times. Action! The resurrected dad. Yeah, resurrected dad. (laughs) (laughs) But now it's upon us. The beginning of his disappearance. The thing I hate most about my memory loss is that it hurts people's feelings. If you know that you woke up in the middle of the night last night, you got fully dressed. Do you remember any of that? No. Yeah. What can we do about that? I don't know. Everybody has to sort of prepare because everybody dies. I love life too much for that. <laughs> <laughs> As her father nears the end of his life, filmmaker Kirsten Johnson stages his death in inventive and comical ways to help them both face the inevitable. So, Orla, why did you pick Dick Johnson is Dead? Uh, Yeah, we last talked about uh, Kirsten Johnson in uh, episode 39 uh, when we talked about her film uh, Camera Person, uh, which is her last movie. Pretty sure she hasn't directed anything in between. It's her second film. Uh, Obviously, she's as a cinematographer she's worked on a lot of other movies and tv shows and stuff in the meantime but uh yeah <laughs> i went back and listened to that episode just because i remember that we you had certain issues with it and we talked a lot about like the ethics and stuff of it from a consent sense um and we will 100 percent get into detail about that later but um just a side note on um she mentions the the fathers of her children um so one of the i'm not sure if we knew this I'm assuming we didn't know this before because it would have been, I don't know how old her children are, but uh, one of them is the director, Ira Sachs, who directed uh, Love is Strange. Do you remember that last episode we did? Yes. Uh, yes. Um, that explains uh, a lot. Uh, <laughs> and she she uh, she met him at Sundance, I think, and they ended up like chatting and she's saying um, after her mom died, I think she was about like 41 or something and it, it made her really want to have children um so she ends up talking to to this director and says he's talking about how his husband wants to have kids as well so uh they end up sort of entering into this kind of like large family situation where they they live in apartments next door to each other and stuff um and then at the, around the same time she realized that uh she'd fallen for um this producer called tabitha jackson um and up until that point she thought she was straight ends up falling in love with this woman who uh you would have known as producer of such films as Twenty Thousand days on earth and the imposter among other many many i feel like the the world of 
feature documentaries is not very big so they kind of all know each other she's also the first uh female director of sundance um which i think she still does to this day um which is pretty cool so yeah they got married last year so there you go it's this one big happy film industry family um uh kirsten johnson uh, got married yeah so ah, that's cool. lovely but she i got most of this from um it was a variety article i think um whenever the from last year Oh yeah, she's also saying that uh, uh, her her dad kind of knew before she did, where he was like, you know, what about Tabitha kind of thing, and then she kind of realized what was happening, and I was like, oh, Dick Johnson, oh. uh, yeah. Jesus, so. those kids have uh, four parents. That's like four <laughs> yeah. times the amount of parents that I have. Exactly. Yeah, and like, um, uh, yeah. So Dick Johnson, the man, not the movie. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny how. This film is obviously very sad and humorous and and everything, but uh, I also find it very like <sighs> inspirational is the right word. But um, as a person, he has like such this of this very like positive outlook on life, where he kind of is taking it one day at a time, trying to appreciate everything he has around him, trying to like find the humor in things, trying to like you know, and it's a very like infectious sort of manner that he has uh, and it makes it all like scenes with him so wonderful because he's such an amazing presence but obviously then that compounds the sadness because you can see that this man is like slowly but surely losing who he once was even though we don't see as much of it in this film as say perhaps like a dramatized version where you would have seen like you know because what i got from that article as well is that he did eventually end up they had to put him into a home in new york because he was just you know becoming obviously like the more it degrades it becomes almost impossible unless you you can be a full-time carer to that person because you know that they, they will start to go out in the middle of the night more often that kind of become very dangerous for them to be left alone at all um but yeah you don't see as much of him in that in that state which <laughs> it's a fucking good thing we'll get to that uh yeah but he is he's just he's just sort of like took life and enjoyed it and like you know is just so happy to be sitting there eating a slice of cake made by his grandchildren and it's just i've never seen a person enjoy a cake so much in my life and just be like <laughs> even though i'm like stop giving him cake he's gonna have another heart attack uh, <laughs> at the same time, i'm just like he's just so happy like when he's sitting there and he's just happy to be around his daughter and happy to be around his family and like oh god he just he breaks my heart he's such a dote and then you get to see through his friends how much they love him as well like his friend who like speaks at the funeral and stuff <laughs> oh sorry i'm getting misty just thinking about it and then it is so weird to see your buddy in a coffin this is not good for me but this is a movie, and I keep reminding myself <laughs> that this is a movie, and you see a lot of weird stuff in movies that never happen. Mm. Um, it's interesting, because obviously the film that this has comparisons to, not just in camera person, um, is also obviously stories we tell. Um, like that's a very salient comparison, I think. Um, so as films about uh, families and histories and stories and everything, but also films where a person is trying to 
make the film as a form of therapy as a way to like work through something that has happened or something that will happen um and obviously like I had problems with stories we tell because ultimately what kind of failed for that in that movie was that I didn't I sort of stopped caring about their stories I don't know if I really cared um and I think that like if you know and it became very long it's a sort of meandering journey um and I think that if you couldn't if you can't find yourself invested in Dick himself um as a person and as a character and he's he's very charismatic um this film is not successful I think if if you're not able to uh find a way into him as as a person and um I think like the getting the scenes of him where they're kind of packing up his office but he he's sitting in his chair and he's talking to the stunt guys and uh you see him sort of fit into his role of psychiatrist and you kind of see him as the person that he once was and how he was clearly very good at it and stuff he has a, a way of like getting people to just keep talking to him and stuff which is really like uh interesting to watch because you get to see the little elements of him as like a fully fledged uh, person uh yeah like obviously this movie proved to be therapeutic for kirsten but um i think that it only really works if it's if it's able to affect you like as a person who has a close relative or friend or parent or whatever like someone who when you try to imagine the loss of that person in your life like you can get this movie i think that's you know if you have any any person who has any form of that in your life you're able to like to to feel whenever you can see him starting to slip away it's interesting how because we've like a lot of people this movie did quite well I think like a lot of people watched it um uh and it was quite a, a like a it obviously was a more mainstream than camera person was so I'd say a lot of people have watched this that have not seen camera person but obviously we have uh, <laughs> uh and then one of the main there were two things that you had an issue with in that film which I think I kind of agreed with you was that she has her very young children in it and also that she has some shots of her mother when she's in a state of real mental decline. Um, and I think this film might contain possibly a worse section than that film does. And uh, watching it the second time, I'd forgotten all about it, um, where she's guiding her mother around the house. And it's a, it's a level that you, you rarely see people with Alzheimer's because unless you have a relative that has Alzheimer's like it's not it's not usually the way they're portrayed in like you know movies or whatever or like you know and then we have like movie cancer or that kind of thing like when a person is incapable of even knowing who they are it's like it is so crushing and it feels especially because she's included the shot of her mother and I understand why she includes it there but it feels like because it's like she feels such guilt that this is the only footage she has of her mother, but I don't think that's reason enough for her to include it. It feels like it's just so fucking heartbreaking. But she I don't... could have like described the footage that she has yeah. rather than But as well, because you have like there are pictures of her mother there, but not many. There's it's her mother feels like this is the only image you have of her. And her just talking about that she was this vivacious person, like you must have photographs of her. You know what I mean? Like, there there could have been a way of, like... So there are moments, I think, when... Uh, I kind of just... Her mother seems like such a faded figure. 
And like sometimes I wish that she would shut up and have Dick talk about her more because she comes alive in his talking about her. And you get to see when he talks about like courting her and, you know, like I wanted more of that just I, and just detach her from her Alzheimer's because like that's not all a person will ever is, you know, of their their decline and stuff. Um I find it really strange that in a lot of the reviews I looked at, people don't really mention the ethics of it in any sense. And there seems to be a kind of a disconnect between how critics feel about this movie and how non-critics feel about this movie. Not like a massive one, but like where there seems like I saw a lot more of like people on like Letterboxd and IMDb and stuff of just feeling very uncomfortable with it because either that they had a relative or, or whatever, um, Whereas I didn't, this is kind of, it got sort of universal acclaim, which I find kind of interesting, which I think also happened with Camera Person. So uh, that's part of the reason why I wanted to, because I do really love this film. Like it's, there's something that warms my heart so much whenever I see his face, because he's, and him talking about her and his life. And yeah, it's, um, and it is a, a different film in a way to Camera Person as well. Um, but uh, yeah, just, uh, in in closing that's quite long uh, i really really love their house um it's like so 70s i was like i will buy their house oh my god it was just amazing whenever they're packing it up and the furniture and like all the wood and oh the my god the fireplace in his office oh it was mm, it was like all those images you see from like 70s magazines whenever they have like a fire pit when you would have like it built into the thing and you would like oh i love love um also, there, uh, there's one, <laughs> there's one shot whenever he's sleeping on the sofa, and there's like a little bunny. I love the bunny. It's so great. We all need a little bunny with us at these times. On that day, uh, Kira has sent us a picture of um, uh, Finn, my sister's, uh, he's like two and a half now, I think. Um, but he's become, the new thing is he's got this tiny little bear. And now he's like, but you know, little bear, little bear has to come to bed. So he's been like sleeping with the little bear. And I was just like, ah, my little heart. Uh, also, whenever they play the bugle at the funeral, it might be one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, so... <laughs> Without further ado, uh, Ricardo, uh, what did you think of Dick Johnson is dead? Right, for a bit of context, uh, the way that you were talking about how audience members might have different um, takes on the film based on their own experience. I did grow up in, um, with a couple of people that had Alzheimer's. My granny's brother and his wife both got Alzheimer's. And I don't know... Oh, like. It's the weird thing, like the same way Dick Johnson has Alzheimer's and his wife had Alzheimer's. I don't know why it affects couples. It must be like nobody really knows what causes Alzheimer's, obviously. So yeah, it must be some random. sort of virus or know. bacteria or something that causes it. Mm. But I remember whenever he started getting out, like that he got it was like that he just kept forgetting where he parked his car. And it was like that'd be the, the beginning. And then obviously like... Uh, it progressed to the point also the it was very difficult because the the two of them had Alzheimer's at the same time and they died like a month apart or something. But and then also my granddad, whenever he died, he uh, it wasn't as long 
goodbye as Alzheimer's is, but at the end, the cancer had gone into his brain. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, even though it was only, like, a month or two that, like, he, his memory was deteriorating, but also, like, his personality would be, like, reverting to how he was when he was younger. So it is... Uh, wasn't exactly the same, but I, I've seen, like, people dear to me that have gone into that stage that they don't know who you are or don't understand what's going around them. Like, uh, when I said goodbye to my grandfather coming back to Ireland, and it was, like, he died, like, a couple of weeks later. Like, I, we were like, oh, yeah, goodbye. We have to go back to Ireland. And he's like, Ireland? What the fuck? Why, where are you going? But why are you going to Ireland? It's like, we've already been living here for like 10 years at that stage mm. so like um i know that that local confusion and stuff and it, it is uh, difficult and i'm glad that the movie like doesn't just stop whenever he he starts getting those moments because obviously whenever the movie begins they his cognitive um powers are much stronger than what they were at the end of the movie so uh, it's like in the beginning of the the long goodbye let's say as they they called it in the movie and i think would have been like not quite i don't think uh, like uh, i agree with you that i think that the depiction of his her mother uh, like showing that footage is a cheap shot um yeah if anything it's kind of like trying to elicit a like a strong emotion from the audience when it's completely unnecessary just like being personal it might have been a defense mechanism instead of her saying to camera what's going on or what she felt you know i think that mm-hmm. that's missing a point that like i think that she stays behind the camera to protect herself and i think as a film it would have benefited from her talking because even whenever she's on screen talking she's like recording into her <laughs> iphone and she's not looking straight down the camera the same way that dick would be every so often like looking down the barrel of the lens or being interviewed like the not quite a Errol Morley style, but because Kirsten is just behind the camera, you still be able to really connect with Dick's emotions because you can see his eyes, which is the the um, the window to the soul, as they call it. And I think that she kind of backs away from it. And I suppose that maybe like a, a film as therapy, she just wasn't willing to open up as far in that case which is not in itself problematic but as a film yes like the the footage of the mother uh the mother i think it's problematic and i think like you said that she the movie does so much to kind of like try to not reduce dick johnson as a patient but dick johnson as a person and the mother doesn't get the same treatment you can tell that Kirsten's yeah. relationship with her father was much closer to her mother and she never explains why. It kind of reminds me a lot of Sarah Polly as well. Like that it's, you know, just by nature of having spent all this extra time as well later in life being very close to your father while, you know, obviously her mother died a lot sooner, but it's... It's it's interesting because it's not really explained. Yeah, and it, it kind of it left me with a lot of questions. And uh, just for context as well, I watched this movie today and it was a little bit delicate after drinking last night. So <laughs> uh, um, it hits quite hard, let's say. But 
as a film i i quite enjoyed it uh hilariously uh i co- completely like camera person is a movie that just disappeared from my brain like even after watching this i started like reading about camera person and can't remember anything of it me neither not a single shot anything I literally, until I went back and I, well, there were bits I remembered, but a lot of it I fucking didn't. So then whenever I went back and I listened to like the first maybe half that episode and we're describing like there's a scene where there's like, she's in a hospital in, I can't remember what country she's in, but where the baby, they're like, they've delivered a baby, but they have no oxygen in the hospital. So the baby's just going to die. And she's just sitting there with the camera. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, I have erased that from my brain. I, I have no idea why there's. What you could tell me, like, <laughs> you said that scene, and uh, obviously be like a scene that quite emotional. Yeah. Cannot remember it. You could tell me anything happened in that movie, and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <clears throat> like, fucking Steven Spielberg shows up and slaps <laughs> a fucking. A dolphin. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That happened in Camera Person. Great movie. But when it comes to this movie as well, I think that the. Um, I liked it in spite of itself, if uh, if it makes sense. I agree with you that Dick Johnson is the reason to watch this movie. He's a very interesting character and stuff. I think that there's a lot of questions that should have been asked in the movie to be like, even when it comes to religion, for example, the, the movie goes into like great lines to talk about how they're religious and what yeah, religion they're from. Yeah, they're Seventh-day Adventists. Adventists. Yeah. But like they... Dick Johnson doesn't really explain how that affects his outlook to death. But Kirsten mm. makes a big deal about how it is such a big deal, like part of his life that he goes to church. She goes to church. Her mom used to go to church. It is a way of processing death and stuff. And it's clear that they're like, even whenever he goes and meets uh, his old crush, they also say, like, she makes a point of going, like, this is the biggest Seventh Adventist community in America. Mm. And it's really strange to, like, make such a big deal out of it and then not explore it. As in not exploring, like, really what it means to do, like, you're making a movie that is an exploration on death, but also what it means for Dick Johnson to die yeah and that question is never asked directly to him about like what do you think that happens afterwards he does say a lot about like living in the moment like he never thought about the future what's gonna happen next year or whatever but like how even if it is the case of like asking him do you believe he will she asked the crush the friend yeah but not her dad which is like it's an obvious thing whenever you're like there's a good reason why loads of people that have not been religious at all for their entire lives, whenever they get like a, a bad diagnosis, they become religious. Not necessarily because, not saying that it's disingenuous, but also knowing like there's a peace in knowing, quote unquote, what's happening next, rather than, oh, it's somebody just flicked the switch and you stop existing and that's it. Well, things, yeah, like it's. It's all good and well when you're running around in your 20s and 30s being like, I don't have to think about this, so it's fine. But then when you get to a point when you really, really have to think about it, it's not surprising when people suddenly go, ah, Jesus. I find it interesting, actually, what they say about the Seventh Adventist thing, where they what they believe is that that 
Jesus is coming, basically, so that when you you will be asleep in your grave and then you then eventually when Jesus comes, you will go to heaven, which is kind of interesting. I'd never, I didn't know that about like it's just like another sort of alternative, I guess, of belief to the many different like levels that there are even just within Christianity. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of weird that she doesn't ask it, especially because some of the best moments in the film and they come a lot earlier in the movie um, is when it's something that happens whenever you do a project like this where you suddenly you ask questions that you would probably never ask in real life and you get thing answers and you're like oh I didn't know that you know and she does that a few different times which I find quite interesting because you just you know un until you're, you're sort of there trying to capture this stuff you don't really think of asking those questions and like I've done that before I, I talked like I interviewed my granny and like just stuff that you probably wouldn't cover in day-to-day -day life and you're suddenly like wow there's like all this all this stuff, <laughs> all these like, you know, you have lived a life of like 80 something years. Like there's so many things I don't know about you. And I wish that she'd done even more of that because there are a lot of questions that they don't get to or maybe. Yeah, either and way or not Especially if he's like religious as well. It's the fact that like Seventh-day Adventists are not the worst for it, but also they... Like most Christian religions see LGBTQ plus people as broken and something that is a sin. Incorrect. Basically. Incorrect, yes. So considering that Kirsten is also in a, in a same-sex relationship, like it's kind of not a missed opportunity, but again, since like so much of the movie is about getting Dick's point of view on things. Yeah. And the movie makes the point of like how weird their living situation is that like the fathers are next door and they have the two kids and she's here or whatever. And like obviously mm. you can see from his behavior that he deals with like he loves his grandkids and he loves his daughter. But also doesn't say how he squares that circle if he's religious. Adventism was a strict religion. No alcohol, no dancing no movies and i tried hard not to break a single rule but when i was 11 my dad took my brother and me to see mel brooks's young frankenstein i was scandalized and i loved it dad loved it too he had a way of living in the moment i've got my heaven he would say right here on earth with all of you Like looking at reviews like uh, Brawley, like if Dick Johnson was Muslim, for example, I think that the movie would have been criticized for not exploring that side of the movie. You know, if he was a Buddhist or something, it's just that it's that's more. A very yeah, that's a very good point, actually. It's it's kind of weird as well because like Seventh Day Adventists, like that's not a very large portion of the. Uh, no, it's a very kind of like uh, it's a niche, niche isn't it? yeah yeah it's like based yeah. in michigan or something originally i think yeah so like most people are probably not going to know what the in and outs of that is like so yeah like you know, uh, it would have been like fucking you know if it was mormons you, you'd be like oh how do you square that kind of thing yeah as well. like, or uh, like freaking quakers or something you know what i mean i'd be like tell me more <laughs> say more right now <laughs> you know yeah that's that's a good point actually i didn't think of that uh, and structurally as a movie i think that the whole part of like dick johnson is dead that is like uh let's uh, just uh 
film this different ways that he got killed. I thought whenever watching the, like, not watching the movie, but uh, whenever I read about the movie, I thought that was, like, a really interesting concept. And those parts, like, except for the really uncomfortable bit, whenever, like, she really should not have shot that scene whenever he, like, gets hit in the neck and they use fake blood because even whenever they're trying to explain that it's fake blood, you can clearly see that he does yeah, not know what's going on. He's not happy about it. He's definitely uncomfortable in that one. That That's the one that they really sort of impose on him, you know, and it feels kind of like... Uh, like he says that it's worse no. than having a heart attack as well. Yeah, like, she's like, I think we have to stop. It's like, yes, Kirsten, <laughs> fucking stop. <laughs> sometimes i kind of hate her and, <laughs> and i think that like the other ones are like oh yeah it's interesting to see how they make it in the background the special effects uh etc you know like the stunt guys the like i really like the the sound person that is like she's the cutest with 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 Dick, like, oh, I thought for yeah. a second it was you because I just saw, like, a red jumper going down and I felt, like, really nervous. But I know it wasn't you, but for a second. Yeah. It's a, and it's really they're nice. Also, they're all so sweet to him. And he's so just, like, you know, having a nice time. Like, oh. like I thought that the, the way that they would be doing it, it would be more like cathartic death scenes like did they be like oh he gets hit by a car and then like you know like he'd be saying oh goodbye to my wife or whatever you know i don't know i i thought whenever they were like oh when the concept was quote-unquote pitched to me by the trailer or the mm. making of i thought there'd be more to it than oh he fell down the stairs and then you're just shooting him being down the stairs it doesn't like I like the thing of the therapy side of the movie, like just having him. Okay, fair enough. That shooting those scenes kind of give the excuse of shooting the like the bits that are not shooting those scenes, but they're not shooting those scenes whenever he's eating soup and bread and talking or whatever. It's not linked to the making off of those scenes either. So it's not that it was necessary. It's almost like the. Is the where the Netflix wouldn't let her just do the the movie that it's just <laughs> talking to about? So it's like, oh, we need a hook somewhere to spend the money. And you, you see, like even whenever they have the studio, or whatever, if something ever felt like we <laughs> so have to burn budget, money. Oh my god, it's so funny. It's ridiculous. We have to burn <laughs> the like even the camera changes to like a fucking Alexa 4K ultra high def fucking. <laughs> sexy jesus i feel like the first couple like when they drop the air conditioner on him and stuff and uh, you know it's it's interesting but i do kind of prefer the scenes where he's talking to the stunt guys or all the bits behind it are more interesting like i kind of would have loved just like a little scene of him hanging out chatting to the jesus and stuff you know more than you know oh the the blood and yeah just and even whenever she puts him in that apartment the uh, the that he has the severed head costume or whatever is so fucking that's like by that stage i think that she should have it and shooting the movie like find something else to do we built this set imagining what dad must have felt like when i left him all alone but i was nervous putting him into it 
It's so rare that he's completely himself anymore. The other night, I stopped him from leaving the apartment at 3 a.m. He thought he had a train to catch. He said he was on a secret mission. But when I stepped onto the set to lead him out, there was a moment of clarity. And we both knew what this was really about. It was about what it was about with mom. That I would have to leave him somewhere. Someday. Somehow. At that stage, it's not cathartic for him either because, it, like, in the beginning, it was cathartic for him. It's an actual, you know, not only is an excuse to spend time with Kirsten, but it's also a, a way of processing what's going to happen in the future. He's able to voice himself. And I suppose loads of people that have Alzheimer's don't have the benefit of having a daughter that can capture who you are before they lose you so like people will be able to watch this and in the beginning he's already in the process of deteriorating but he's still himself completely you know yeah. like he he might forget like new memories as they say but it's still like the old memories are still there and like mm, not, he's got at least 80 something years of of a life that he can hold on to for a long period of time and I yeah. think that, like, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, missing bits in the movie that I don't know if it is the case of her not wanting to push there because, like, uh, when it comes to the mom, where, like, her brother is clearly, like, good to talk to camera because he's in TV shows as well. And he clearly <laughs> yeah, <too. laughs> which you don't know until it's literally like, oh, let's put on, like, David or whatever his name is. And it's like, he's there on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> it's like, What? And, did not know that until the film and then like uh, he he is in the living funeral so like obviously mm -hmm. he approves of what Kirsten is doing I don't know like if it is that you're gonna show everybody like even how can I put it that there's so much time being like you hit it the nail in the head uh, you know if anything stories we tell goes too much in the other direction but you're able mm. to to understand their relationship in stories we tell and also understand how sarah became sarah because of who her father is yeah. you know like uh, with this is kind of like you don't get a sense of their family as a family life yeah you can see how her and dick were but you don't you have no concept of her relationship with her brother, her brother's relationship with the dad, any of their relationship with the mother, except for Dick, kind of. You know, it's 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 sort of detached. But then again, I don't know how you're able to do all that without... It, yeah, it's like... It's all... <laughs> uh, but even like what you're saying about the mom, it seems to, to me that like the mom seems to have only existed in two periods, when she was dying and when he was courting her. There's no, like, discussion about, like, the middle bit, about yeah. her career, what, like, you know, like, the, I think that they mentioned what she did, but, like, there's... They, so they don't, though. They say that she was a very visual person and that she liked taking pictures of flowers. They don't say anything else. So it's like, I don't know, like, did she have a job? Did, you know, there's no real... Even like the the friend that starts crying in the in the funeral, like it's such a touching scene. It's so hilarious, as you said. Like a, like a, it's hilarious, but like you don't even have a you're not even contextualized who he is in Dick's life. 
Like, yeah. You know that they know. I think he's actually a pastor. Long. I think that's what he, because I read that somewhere earlier. So I think he might be the pastor in that church. Oh, okay. But we don't know that. I only know that because I read an article. So <laughs> yeah, it's extra contextual. So like, but yeah. even at that, like the pastor is like probably not gonna be fucking crying that much and like blowing his bugle whenever like somebody else dies. You know, like <laughs> I want blowing his bugle to be a, a <laughs> or a phrase now for whenever someone gets very upset at death. Oh Jesus. But just like, wait just <laughs> but even like the bit about being quite wealthy is not really addressed in a way as well like how difficult to be if they didn't have fucking buckaloes of money to <laughs> yeah like he <laughs> i think seattle is where he was living and she was living in new york obviously but um yeah like they they obviously had a very nice house. He had a, like a nice office and a big building. BMW convertible, fucking yeah. It doesn't touch the fact that like a lot of people wouldn't have the money to like have a living care, yeah. like with it, as much experience as Kirsten has. You know, like a lot of people don't have the option to like move your dad to your home in New York mm. or whatever. Um, even in the bit, whenever he talks about, like, uh, the, he asked her why she chose to do documentary, even though it's not where oh, the yeah. money is, let's say. <laughs> and I think that it would have been interesting to say, it's like, I had a, like, a considerable safety net because of you guys. Yeah, she was able to work for for no money or, you know what I mean? Like, she she had the, she was obviously had the option of going to college and all this stuff, like yeah and i think that that like considering where as well when this movie was shot and such that is like well, i suppose any period of time it's always been terrible to live anywhere <laughs> but um <laughs> that's the optimist uh, i mean like uh, yeah, i tell you what if fucking they made a movie called ricardo Dakin is that it would be a very much more fucking pessimistic <laughs> and <laughs> cynical than this movie ever was and i think that like half of it would be me just airing like petty grievances <laughs> before i go <laughs> just making sure that i got it in i'd be like oh remember this manager that used to work in the restaurant that i worked in like he used to like try to bully me giving me the shittier chefs yeah he was a prick and i want to say that before i go uh so what's your favorite thing uh, my favorite thing is Dick Johnson. Uh, obviously, like, uh, C. Richard Johnson. Th- not for one time they describe what the fucking C stands for and why he goes by his middle name as well, which is, like, the biggest mystery. Uh, I did like how he looks like a less creepy version of William <laughs> Shatner, especially in older age. <laughs> he does. Oh, my God, he does. That's so funny. He has, like, a very rich and... Uh, um, you know, like sometimes whenever you see um, old people with like wisdom, a lot of the time it's just fucking mm. garbage. But sometimes it is like like nuggets that have been accumulated for uh, like 80 years of existence that, yeah, it sounds generic, but it has more meaning because they know that this is actually something that has served them. They probably wish that they did whenever they were younger and stuff, but... 
like i think that this is clearly like with stories we tell and probably faces place is the most personal movie we've done and i think that it's like um i do think that everybody has somebody in their life that you you kind of wish that you could make a movie like this about like to yeah. just like make a a sort of monument to the person they to that person and not everybody gets the chance to do it and also like not everybody has a a person that comes across so well on camera like i know that there is like a certain level of uh almost bedside manner that documentarians have to to employ to relax their their interviewees if you will to be able to get them to open up and that's not only whenever you have somebody that is a willing interviewee like dick johnson but even Errol Moore is kind of having to disarm Roger McNamara, uh, Robert McNamara to mm. on the fog of war that you kind of have to create an environment that is open for discussion. They they think that they're not getting put into a corner, let's say. What was your favorite thing? Um, sexy Jesus. Uh, no, it's obviously Dick Johnson. Um, yeah, like... It's just obviously clear that in real life he's, you know, very enigmatic and larger than life and all those kinds of things. Um, but it also does come across very well on camera, which is obviously like integral because <laughs> not just that like you can turn a camera on people and people become very uncomfortable or they freeze up or it's very hard to get them to a point where they seem natural, but also just like some people just don't come across well on camera and it, it, it becomes very hard to translate them for whatever reason it's like this strange sort of a like mystery of why some people just you know some people look better on are better on camera than they are in real life you know what I mean? it's like this strange thing um and you totally understand why this was the way she wanted to capture him you know what i mean like rather than doing like an audio project or whatever like seeing his actual face makes such a difference here because there's so much warmth and you know just whenever he's like laughing and yeah it's like he's just he's such a wonderful character and this is such a heartbreaking film uh what is, did i ask you what your least favorite thing is well like i think it's the 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 missed opportunities in a couple of uh, places to to ask the question that is actually like left lingering almost yeah because the the part with like you said about what type of person her mom is the scenes that the mother is there are not necessary and i think they're hugely problematic but i don't think that they ruined the movie as like you know it's still her mom so like if it was anybody else i'd be really conflicted about it i still am but i don't think that they soured the movie enough to say oh yeah this uh this ruined the movie for me but I think that what stops the movie going from something that I, like I genuinely liked its company to something that is like oh this is really deep and interesting is the, the fact that the movie that like she doesn't ask the harder questions and I understand why you wouldn't do it as a person but if you're making a movie about it and we're watching the same as you were talking about whenever we did stories we tell that is am I interested enough in your and like on this family because even they ask the question is this story interesting enough because every family <laughs> yeah. has this kind of story and dick johnson is 
an interesting enough person to hold your attention. But if you're going to be presenting this guy that is just a guy, like a very nice guy, if you're making a movie about it, you have to like transcend. Like there's open goals there that just get missed. You know, like you were saying about... <laughs> yeah. That it's like the, the whole setup is there and you're just expecting, you know... Like the way that the guy says bing, bing, bing about like getting the the shelves down there. She goes, oh, I love how you go like bing, bang, bing or something. He says, you know, that it's like bing, bang, bing and it's done. Is that you get mm-hmm. the bing and the bang, but you don't get the second bing. <laughs> here, you know, like you're expecting the third bing, but no, no. <laughs> Give me my bing. <laughs> what was your least favorite thing? If not the scenes, the shot like that bit with her mother, it's more that I didn't learn more about her mother. Because I think that that particularly the shot when she's kind of sitting down, a part of that is wrapped up in how how very hard it is to see someone in that condition as well. So it's, it's partially that you feel like it shouldn't be there, but also just that this is something that's very hard to watch. Um, you know, and even if say like her mother had signed a thing saying you can film everything, whatever, you know, that was all fine. It's still very, very hard to, to watch that. Um, but I think that I would have felt not better, but slightly less shit about it. If we had gotten a bit more about her, particularly from him, but also from her as well, because we don't really know her relationship. So it's kind of. Yeah, it feels like a missed opportunity, kind of like the other things. Oh, just blow my fucking trumpet now. Blow your review. You've drank yeah. all my wine, you've eaten all my food, everything that... I get out. Uh, anyways, uh, this has been... <laughs> Dick Johnson is dead, even though he is not dead yet. Uh, long live Dick Johnson. Um... So, <laughs> Ricardo, uh, where can they find 175 episodes? They can find us on uh, your podcaster of choice on Spotify. The recommendation game at gmail.com is our email. At the rec game is on Twitter. The recommendation game uh, on Facebook. And we're every second Monday, 11 to 12, on Dublin Digital Radio. And. Uh, our back episodes are on their mixed cloud as well <laughs> next week's film is uh, Ricardo's pick it is indeed Ricardo what are you picking I'm picking uh, La Puta Castle in the Sky Hayao Miyazaki movie yeah cool well until then I was Orla Martinez and I was Ricardo Deacon thanks for listening see you next week <laughs> <laughs>